0: I, you know, I remember that night we were half naked in a sauna together (laughs) and you were like, I've always wanted to do a podcast on and just let spirit guide me and like deliver a message that really can resonate with people. And I was like, oh my God, I've always wanted to just like not be the leader of a podcast, but ask a lot of questions and be a co-host. So I felt like that's when we really came together and said, you know, let's do this.
1: Okay, so welcome to The Spirited Body. This is our first official episode, first podcast. Uh, I'm James, and I'm with Katie, my really good friend. And we're just going to talk about um, basically being a spiritual being in the physical world and in a physical body and what that entails. And hopefully, not hopefully, definitely getting guidance from spirit about how to do it better or how to do it more easily, that kind of stuff, and um, share our experiences along the way. I am James and I am a uh, psychic, sometimes medium, intuitive. Um, I channel, talk to spirit, it has been doing it for a number of years now. And uh, they sort of guided me to do this podcast and so I'm sharing their information uh, with the world. Um, and this is Katie.
0: Hello. Hi. hi. I have a feeling I'm like gonna black out the first episode, and then like go back and be like, I don't remember anything I said. It's gonna take me a few episodes to just be like, I can do this.
1: Yes, quite possibly. Okay. So um, I uh, in in one day when I was channeling and saying sort of like, what do I do with this information? And they really said, oh, you know, you should uh, maybe do a podcast. So I was like, okay. Um, what do I talk about? And they gave me a whole list of topics. So we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. And the first one they were pretty adamant that we talk about is um, loneliness, hmm. which, um, you know, is a super cheery topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really what I was expecting them to give me a topic for. But um, in, in personally thinking about it, I like thought, oh, this is probably a really good topic because um, of everything we've been through the past few years with the pandemic and, isolation and quarantining and all of that other nonsense, um, that we went through. Um, you know, I just thought that maybe this is a timely issue. Um, so they're right as always. And even when I don't know that they're right, I will try to trust them and (laughs) do what they're asking. So, uh, what do you think about that topic?
0: Well, it was interesting because I told my partner, we were going to do this podcast and then, um, Last night I said, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta think about this topic a little bit more for for the first podcast." And he said, "Oh well, what's your topic?" And I said, "We're gonna talk about loneliness." And he said, "What the
1: fuck? What are you doing?"
0: And I was like, "No, like we, it's important to like address these things." And I'm just along for the ride. And I, you know, I remember that night we were half naked in a sauna together, (laughs) and you were like. I've always wanted to do a podcast on and just let spirit guide me and like deliver a message that really can resonate with people. And I was like, Oh my God, I've always wanted to just like not be the leader of a podcast, (laughs) but ask a lot of questions and be a co-host. So I felt like that's when we really came together and said, you know, let's do this. And, um, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting topic. Um, I've been sitting with it just in terms of like what comes up for me, but I was curious like why you think that, Like maybe tell me more. I'm just curious about what's come up for you with spirit as you've unraveled what that even means.
1: Um, well, you know, so much of what they show me or, or talk to me about, um, in terms of being on this planet and interacting is about, um, connecting to and understanding who you really are. And when they use that phrase, they're really talking about, um, your connection with your highest self. So, um, you know, the understanding that we are like energetic beings on in physical form on this planet, on this plane, on earth, you know, there's a lot of different words that that this sort of community uses interchangeably. And I, um, the way they describe it is, you know, we, we are connected to, spirit on the other side or, you know, outside of the physical. And so there's a large part of us of our whole being that exists other outside of this physical world. And, um, we part of what we need to do here is a large part. The majority of what we need to do here is about understanding and being authentic to and true to our highest self. That part of us that, exist up there that didn't really come down to the physical world, but that connects us to the upper world. So that other words can be used like a soul, um, is a perfect way to describe it. And so their messages tend to be like, uh, you know, this is how you manage it. And this is what this brings up. And this is why you're feeling this way, or this is what the situation means, or this explains this phenomenon. Um, and it's really helpful. Uh, it's helpful for me. And I know when I do readings for other people, hearing that information is helpful for them. Um, So that's really information. And we'll get into a little bit more detailed stuff. But I'm, I'm more curious, like, when have you been lonely in your life? Like, is loneliness a thing that you're familiar with?
0: I was actually thinking about that. And I don't have a lot of uh, connection with loneliness. Interesting. I kind of, you know, I always had a lot of siblings. I've, I, you know, I moved right out of my parents' house in with my boyfriend. We got married. I kind of followed this cookie cutter path that really avoided loneliness. Um, But I always knew there was like, it was like I was pro, I, 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 I'm just going to use the word. I, I was always like programmed to kind of fit a certain mold. Yeah that didn't really incorporate loneliness. Um, I was facilitating a caretaker role for most of my life and into my adulthood even. And that role doesn't have a lot of loneliness because you're constantly looking out for other people. And so, loneliness in a way is something that I, I, gosh, I even, maybe I crave it a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think you more crave solitude rather than loneliness? Because for me, my experiences of loneliness, I always had people around. And I craved being having solitude, like being alone. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like the true definition of an introvert. So like, like people wear me out and their energy wears me out. And uh, I want to be alone. But I never feel lonely when I'm in that state and I want to be alone. But my experiences of loneliness are definitely more in tune of like I'm in a relationship with someone who doesn't know who I am. Yeah, I can a, relate
0: more to that for yeah. sure. But like the actual physical, like I feel lonely. Yeah. I, 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 I've never been alone enough, I think to really feel that. So <laughs> I it, I almost do like, if I felt that more, then I would actually maybe feel the craving of like, Oh, I want to be around people more. Um, right now you're like, don't it is, I, get me near anyone. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do see the distinction between solitude and loneliness. Yeah. And when I, when I was thinking about it a little bit more, I was like, okay, Katie, we'll go deeper with it. Like you can be around people and be lonely. Yeah. So think about a time. And I think that it, it's almost like I can't quite pinpoint the, the time that I felt really lonely because I feel like I almost wanted to avoid. So, you know, it's like I, I could ar- arguably say, yeah, there's many times in my life I've been lonely because you. In a way, you are lonely when you're not leaning into your authentic self. 100%. And I don't really feel like I opened the door to the path of my authentic self until about a year ago, two years ago. And so if I really sit with and go, well, you might not have, like, the word lonely might not have come up before those years. But if I really sit with it, it probably did. And it wasn't a loneliness in the sense of my person or my friends or my partner didn't see me or understand me. It was like, I didn't really see and understand myself. Right. And that's a different layer of loneliness.
1: Absolutely. So and I think
0: that's probably what resonates with me more. Yeah.
1: And the, as we talk about more of what, what they're saying about the topic, you'll see, recognize that and what they say. Um,
0: and couldn't it just be like that? If let's say you have a partner and you feel mm-hmm. like, Oh, they don't see me or is that just a clue that you don't really see yourself?
1: Or it, Maybe. I mean, yes, I think that's probably something that that you aren't attuned to yourself, that you aren't sort of rooted in who you really are. So you don't know what you want and what you need and what's going to satisfy you. Yeah. Um, In the same, I think in the same way, I think more that is more applicable to my situation. I didn't reveal who I was.
0: Mm. Yeah. Tell us. I think I think I know you're going to laugh, but like it's an important (laughs) part of who you are and what your journey is.
1: Yeah, I think so. So like, so, um, you know, when I was married, I was married for 13 years to a woman and, um, it was a, it was a very challenging relationship for me. Uh, uh, it, it had its own sort of very toxic, um, dynamic and I was, uh, very much sort of put in second place. And what I thought felt, needed wanted uh wasn't really a a factor in decision making and um i felt isolated because i sort of was isolated from my family in a way because of the dynamic of the relationship she wasn't thrilled with my family Hmm. um and I, i don't know it was just it was a very difficult dynamic and i felt very um I I was isolated and I was very lonely in that. And then I couldn't show who I truly was because I didn't think it would have been accepted on, on a surface level. But then when I uh, finally left the marriage and two years later, I came out as gay, (laughs) I realized there was a whole completely different (laughs) layer that I really wasn't that I didn't even know about myself, that I didn't even understand about myself in, in a real deep way.
0: I'll never forget we were, we, you and I were at a bar when you told me this. Do you remember this? No. We were at a bar and you're like, I really need to talk to you about something. And I was like, is this right now? We're good. You want to do this? And you're like, um, yeah, I do. Um, I am gay. And I said, I know. And you said, that's all you have to say? It? And I said, yeah. Like, it, 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 it was like, of course, like. I, I always knew this authentic piece of you. Yeah. I didn't know that that was the expression of it, but it didn't matter. Right. I just knew that when you said that truth, that was you. Yeah. And it, it, I know that this is like super cheesy, but like, I'm just going to say it, the truth does always set you free. Yeah. You, you just can't argue with it. And it's, it's not just words. It's like a feeling. Absolutely. And when you said that to me, I was like, Oh, I'm, I just like took a breath for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, but I think in terms of loneliness, I think what's interesting, it's coming back to this idea that if you don't know yourself, there's no way you're going to be satisfied in that way. Mm -hmm. There's no one that's going to be able to touch you, um, really know who you are, and therefore that authentic connection can't really take place.
0: So what would you say is the the antithesis to loneliness then? Like true self-connection?
1: Yes. Well, that's why we're here. And because
0: in the traditional sense, in the, like the physical world, loneliness is people aren't around me and I don't, you know, I don't feel like I, like I feel alone, but I think it's going back to that point that like you can live a life and, you know, play by the, the, the rules of the physical world. Yes. And, uh, especially like the rules of our current societal, you know, expectations and still be deeply lonely because not having that connection with yourself is, I mean, to me, it's probably now that I am gaining that connection with self is like, whoa, Yeah, I was asleep at the fucking <laughs> wheel. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a really, to know yourself is very powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think what's interesting is, and, and as we talked about it, um, that idea of when you, when you come to that place of knowing who you are, realizing or taking those steps. Cause I don't, I mean, I came out six years ago and I, I'm still learning a lot about myself. It's like a constant journey of discovering. And that is that peeling away of all that bullshit that you learned as a kid, or you were instructed as a kid or the structure that society has on you and what you should, shouldn't do. And that's a process. And, and for me, I don't know if it's the same as you, but for me, it's like, wait a minute, I ended up here because of decisions that a very inauthentic version of myself made and and kind of other people were making for me because I'm trying to adhere to what I should do, what this person wants me to be, what society wants me to be, what my parents want me to be. So how much of my life, how much of what I have right at this moment is because it's authentically what I wanted versus the results of living a life that was inauthentic.
0: And I think that this particular endeavor that we're going on together, just by this silly podcast is us individually going, we each hid behind certain masks our whole life. And like, we just talked about like when we were in the sauna that night and even before we started today, the rule here is we just have to show up and be authentic, even at the expense of criticism or judgment, or it just, we can't go back. Right. And I, I often have this morbid thought and I'm just going to say it because then I don't want to break the rule already. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually a rule follower. So, um, but like, I always had this thought, you know, well, just keep the mask on for now. Keep parts of the masks on. Like maybe, you know, don't fully expose yourself maybe until after your parents pass away, like in that yes. season of your life. Oh, totally. You can then expose yourself because then you won't have to, whew, okay, they're, they've they passed on, they're in a peaceful place. I'm, I'm coming out of them. I'm going to be me. Yeah. And then I was like, and then how many years? You know, my mom had me at 22. <laughs> so there's not even that significant of an but, age gap between her and I. <laughs> so I was like, cool, cool, cool. Like the last 20 years of my life, I'll be able, I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't waste all that no. shit.
1: I mean, okay. you're just speaking literally like, closeted gay men speak like <laughs> one-on-one like yeah. oh i'll just wait till my parents die and then
0: really that's like a thing
1: well, it was definitely for yeah. me i i can't be the only one who's who's thought this or felt this but yeah
0: it's it's you know it's a it's a real um powerful hold that our parents have on us and to break out of the hope that they had for how we would turn out as human beings, it's hard to disappoint people who cared for you and raised you. It's, yes. it's really hard. And and the reality is, is what I'm learning. And maybe it's different for every person is as you break down the layers and you reach in and discover like who that real person is on the inside. Oops. You're going to disappoint them no matter no matter what, what. because you're, you're automatically saying I'm going to break down what what you told me I needed to be, right? And that in itself is like devastating for parents. Yes. And um, so it's it is it is to me like that's like the most courageous thing we can do. And I even felt nervous, like really, okay, we're going to do the podcast, okay? And then I'm like, oh shit, Katie, like you have to be you. That's kind of the whole. This isn't this podcast for me is a practice in just putting myself out there and just being me yeah. without you know, with the notion that my parents are still alive (laughs) and may stumble upon this. Like, that's scary for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think it's scary for me because my parents are very, very Catholic. And what I'm doing spiritually, you know, they raised me super Catholic, church every Sunday, every holiday obligation, altar boy, church every day sometimes. Like, when we traveled, we always were – We knew where that Catholic church was, so we would go to church every Sunday. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. So me doing this and saying, "Eh, you know, the Catholic church, mm, 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 maybe could be doing a little bit better. (laughs) Maybe.
0: (laughs) Um, That's another another podcast. It's a whole
1: different different podcast. But um, um, it's funny that you're bringing this up because my work, with my therapist a lot has been recently has been sort of looking at my childhood and experiencing it from a child's perspective or from me as a child's perspective and understanding, um, how I guess I was lonely. I I think for me, loneliness is a thread that I felt my whole life. Mm. Like I can really feel it, uh, from the time I was a, a child because I, I was never authentically cared for. Now, mm-hmm. I know I had part in that because being gay and feeling different, even at a young age, uh, you know. Wait, oh, I want
0: to make sure I understand. So you were gay, you had spiritual gifts, and you didn't think your Catholic parents would be okay with that? <laughs> you didn't want to have an in-depth discussion with
1: them? What's funny is that it wasn't even a conscious thought. It's like, it's like you feel different. You... I don't, I can't, I don't know how else to describe it. You know, you're different. You, and this was like really just a young, young, young. Like I just knew I was different. Um, And I can't explain to you how I knew or what exactly told me, but I just, I didn't, that, I don't know, energetic channel that society said, this is where you go. I just knew that wasn't me, but I knew that I couldn't be anything other than what my parents had devised for me.
0: Well, because they created your world. Yes. So that was the world.
1: Yes. So, um, and so understanding now, looking back on how part, and like I said, partly was me. I couldn't show, or I felt I couldn't show who I was. Uh, So no one could really know who I was. Mm. So I'm very familiar with loneliness, loneliness in groups of people, loneliness in, oh, you have to play sports wow, I'm on a whole team of people that I don't have really anything in common with. I don't enjoy what I'm doing, but I have to act like it. Um, you know, just family gatherings, church, all that stuff. I just, so loneliness is so
0: did you, very palpable for me. When did now. you have the dialogue with yourself that I'm gay? Like when, when did you just acknowledge that and say, this is who I am?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I think-
0: I mean, I know that there's a, there's a, a, you were always that way Yes, and your body knew that and your spirit knew that. Yes. But when did your conscious mind know that where you were just like digging out of the shame that was placed upon you? Okay. I'll tell
1: you, I'll tell you, like, I knew I had feelings and I knew I had attraction for men my whole life. It just, I guess in the way I looked at it was this can't be possible. I can't be gay. This is something that all men feel. They just don't they don't express it. Right. And this is how they get through their life. Right. And then, so it was sort of existed, but I put it on the back burner as a, not really informative or like not really who I was. Mm -hmm. And then when I got divorced, when I left my ex and uh, sort of exploring myself and I, and I was like, Oh no, this attraction to men thing is actually a much bigger part of me. It's, and it's not just about attraction to men. It's just a way of thinking and viewing the world. And it, it it's it's like I, I'm queer. I'm gay. Like I'm I I am gay. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I had uh, just started trying to date. And let me tell you, dating at forty, newly coming out, is an experience. Well, your skin
0: looks like you were thirty. So and, well, you you.
1: I do take care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and... People didn't know that you were forty. <laughs>
1: So, um, but anyway, I was dating and I was out with this guy and we went back to my car cause I was going to drive him home. And
0: was this your first date?
1: I don't know if it was my actual first date date with okay. this person. It might've been my first date with this person. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was my first or second, but anyway, we got into my car and he was in the passenger seat and he just leaned over and he kissed me. And we were doing a full makeout. And in the middle of the makeout, I just said to myself, I am gay. I am gay. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh.
0: It was like a big moment. This
1: up. was yeah. like, I can't, <laughs> like, oh.
0: Vagina scared me too, <laughs> if I'm being
1: honest. So. It, it was just I, it was like a, a a cascade. Like it it was like um my my cousin, my older also was like really my dad's cousin. He's in his seventies. I went up and visited him and his partner and they've been together for whatever, 30 years. And I was talking to him and this is before I came out to my parents and they were like, Oh, your parents can be fine with it and they were talking and and they were asking <laughs> me about my sort of journey. And and um and I said, Yeah, and it wasn't until, you know, and his partner said until you actually had sex with, with another man and then the fireworks. And I said, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. Like it was just this, like, it was this realization in a very physical way, all of these things that had been missing from my life. Mm. It, it I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like, it's not even like, like black and white, like, Oh, everything was in black and white. Now it's was in color. I, it was more like everything was like s- just muted way down. Yeah. Like the colors were just very, very muted. And then all of a sudden, it everything, sound was there and color and light. And it, it, just, it, it was a totally different way of inhabiting my body. And all these things that I didn't even realize I was holding back, like internally. Yeah. Just being able to be released. I can't, it was, it's. Well, I,
0: I knew you for many years before you came out. Right. And your whole disposition was different. And I, I can see it because I can relate to it in the sense of you were living with your life with check boxes, right? I got married to this woman.
1: Check. Yes. I had children.
0: Check. I wear, you know, I do this check. And yeah. just the way you moved and talked and dressed and everything fit into that, that box. Absolutely. And then once you had that experience and got like truthful with yourself and said, Oh, this is a big part of the onion that needs to come off. It was like cascaded everything for you. And it's like, I always connected with you as a person as like a soul, as a spirit. Right. But to connect with you in this form is very different than to connect with you in the other form. Right. It's a much more, Uh, pleasurable experience being on like a person who knew you in in both sides of your life. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's actually a really beautiful transformation. And I feel deeply saddened for people who um, know truth, these truths about themselves and then just are so scared or just covered in shame that shame prevents us from doing a A lot of stuff. Right. Um, And, I think that it's really courageous to be able to come out and just say, shame or not, I can't hold this in anymore. And I just need to be me. Right. And it does get to be, it's kind of like when you really need a haircut, it's like, you're like, I just, just get, I just need the haircut so bad. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I feel so much better. You know, it, it's like that. Yeah, It's like, it, it, it's a silly way of saying it, but I just, I, I feel, and I feel such a difference of your evolution in it. It's always much more, pleasurable to be connected with somebody when they are reaching through for that higher version of themselves. And they're just, I just have this like picture of just like all this mud or all this, this material that gets in the way and just like, just like trying to break through it yeah. with your hands. Like, yeah. okay, get out of here, shame. Like, yeah. let me just, let me get some, let me come to yeah. the top. Yeah. You know, and I, I watched you go through that first big, <laughs> that was a big piece of the onion yeah. that came off, yeah. but just being a person who is connected to you through that time. Oh man. It feels even just like easier to be me around you yeah. because you're leaning into being a- 100%. you
1: a hundred percent. It's we we'll get to it in a second. Um, what I'm going to say is, uh, just yesterday, my, uh, brother-in-law, my sister's husband sent me a photo of when I was at a pool with my, with my oldest son when he was, I don't know, maybe five. Okay. And, um, and so I was, we were talking about it. My, my boyfriend and my sister and I were sort of looking at the photo and talking about it. And, um, my sister said, whenever I see a bold picture of you and I'm, it's called straight James, whenever, (laughs) whenever they, she's like, whenever I see a picture of straight James, it's not just that you were like, oh, I could tell that you were in the closet or that it wasn't just that you were flat. She said, every picture of you, you look miserable. Mm. You look miserable, like you are being tortured. And it's funny because I don't look at a lot of old pictures of myself, mostly because I left them in the house when I <laughs> left. But um, <laughs> but it's true. When I see old pictures of me, they're really sad for me to look at because uh, I do look, I absolutely look And isn't miserable. it crazy to think?
0: That we spend so much of our lives holding on so tight to the image that was projected or expected on us. 100%. And we're so afraid to break through the shame of that. And we don't even realize that the other side is, like, so much better. Like, it, it is, like, so worth breaking through the shame. Absolutely. And it's it, it just blows my mind that yeah. we that's how powerful that feeling is. And we just sit in it. Many of us sit in it for our whole lives because we're just so afraid to be us. And what will people think? And, Oh, my parent, you just, it's, 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 it's a miserable existence. Miserable.
1: And we think it's normal. I mean, the only thing I can compare it to really is being married. And I would talk to other married couples, married men, and they would complain about the same things. And I mean, I think mine was to a little bit greater extent as it turned out. I didn't understand it, but like no one ever says, oh, marriage is amazing. Everyone says marriage is hard work and it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. And, and so my expectation was, you know, it's miserable hard work and it was, (laughs) so I didn't, I didn't really have
0: felt like you were on the path of what it's supposed to be. Yeah.
1: And, um, and it's just, it's a, it's a shame that we it's unfortunate that we as individual people don't question the situations we're in at any moment as us being the drivers of that, that we tend to think of ourselves as the victims of it rather than the drivers of it. Yeah. Because I look back and I, I say, this is the part I took in this. I I understand how I got here or got in this marriage. And then now it's my job to unwind it. And you'll have everything you need to unwind it.
0: Well, it's because you were a passenger in that car for your entire childhood. Yep. And there was a point where you did move to the driver's seat and you were you were following the map. Yep. And you just never knew that there was more than than one place to go. Right. And that's a very deep and meaningful realization that sets a lot of people free. I mean, like, I even remember I had, even in the last year, I've had these, Aha uh-huh moments! I'll, I'll tell you about this moment that I had where I literally collapsed in my parent and my parents, my <laughs> partner's arms. I had they would be like, "What is happening here? Get this woman a psychiatrist." Um. So in my in my business, I was running operations, and uh, my friend came to me and said, "Girl, you don't want to run operations. I know you think you oh know, you're type A, you're organized. This is, this is suited for you. You need to run product. You're a visionary. You need to have." You're not, this doesn't make sense to me. It's not adding up from the outside in. Right. And, and there was a point where I was almost forced into that role. So I said, okay, fine. And I remember one night I was at my house, I had some music on and I had this huge download and my partner like locked eyes with me. And I said, holy shit, I hate running operations. <laughs> and I felt it in my body and I literally collapsed. And I said, why did I do that? It was because the evolution of our business just needed me to do it, so I just did it. But I, I I in an instant saw this pattern of doing something without actually pausing to check in with myself. And I went through this whole sequence of phases in my life where I went, oh, I got my degree in child development because everyone told me I was good with kids and I just did that. And then I was like, I don't even really like kids. <laughs> I mean, I love kids and I think they're super important and I have yeah. my own and obviously like they're really meaningful in the world and future generations, but that wasn't my passion. Right. And I literally spent four years of my degree learning about them right. and just, yep, yeah, this is what I sp-. And I had like, it was all that happened all in one night where I went through and I went, Oh, I did that because of that. Oh, yeah. I did that because of yeah, that. that's
1: my point. You start to realize that like, Oh, how many decisions have I made in my life that are not me?
0: And I think when someone's going, okay, you're saying the freedom is being your authentic self and talking about loneliness and like not feeling like you're really you and people really understand. I think a real tangible, practical point of application for that is just to pause and just to like literally ask yourself, do I actually want to do that? And sit with that question for even two minutes. (laughs) And it is mind blowing what you end up saying no to where you go, no, I'm going right, not straight. or I'm right. going left, not, you know, it, it's, it's absolutely fascinating and it's a very interesting practice just day to day. Do I actually want, I want that? It. Right. It's shocking, especially, I mean, not to bring the whole, but like, especially for women, we are, we have never been raised in this modern day society to be like, do you want that? That is a very, and there, I have this sometimes like, um, problem with indecisiveness. And my partner will be like, well, just tell me what you want. I'm like,
1: but I don't know. No one's ever asked me that.
0: What do you mean, what do I want? You know, it's that's shocking to me that I just get to wake up and choose what I want. And the funny thing about it is once you do that, the universe goes, uh-huh, here you go. Like I used to spend, oh boy. I feel, I feel really sorry for the old version of myself. She was, poor thing. Like I really do feel for her. Yeah her weekends were spent, you know, not really doing anything she wanted, just, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And in my free time, it was, well, there wasn't free time. It was, you know, I, I felt so much guilt around just asking to do what I wanted. And I would really reserve requests for really specific special occasions. And I I just literally, like I was telling someone today, you know, I'm going to go do this podcast. And then my partner and I have this arrangement now where, you know, I get certain nights of just complete freedom. He gets certain nights of complete freedom so that we just don't get lost in the, the day to day. Right. And we just support each other in that. And so I'm like, yeah, then I'm going to go on a bike ride and then I'm go meet my friend for dinner. Maybe we'll go take a hot tub. And, then, <laughs> and I'm like, who am I? Like if I would have said this a couple of years ago, like I could just do whatever I want. It just hadn't dawned on me. And I think that that is like one, that's what I mean is like, I'm now, once you just break through that first layer of shame, there is a level of momentum that happens after that where you go, "Hold, oh, that's the other side that everyone was saying is so scary. I'll never forget I had this mentor. She was, um, she had three kids and, and she was doing the role that I was doing, just give, 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 never asked what she wanted. And um, she had all this, I don't really know the story in depth, but all I know is that she had some stuff going on in her abdomen. And finally her husband was like, I'm taking you to the ER right now. This has been going on for months and like, you're, you, you need, you need help. They took her to the ER. They said, you're actually not leaving. We're admitting you You have stage four cancer and you basically, we don't think you're going to live. And she said, um, when she was laying in that hospital bed, not knowing if she would, you know, her, her youngest was one at the time, nice. not knowing if she would see her kids grow up. She said, I face death. And I, it was just like the wizard of Oz where the man behind the curtain, just like, Oh, it's like, that was all this fear that I had been carrying around my whole life of like, just do it this way and don't go that other direction because it's too, there's too much shame and you're too afraid. And then she was like, I, I got to the worst of it. I I faced death. And when I faced it, I realized it was just the man behind the curtain, this little man behind the curtain. It wasn't, it was not what we thought it was. And so it was like, if we could just break through that first barrier and get a glimpse of that true authentic self, it does put a little fire in you and it does create momentum to say, what do I want? And wh- how do I separate myself from the programming or the path that I was on and really check in and say, okay, I see the path for the path. I'm not the path. And do I want that path or do I want a different one? I was even talking with my good friend about this with just in regards to monogamy. And I said, you know, I think it's important, even like in something like that, to recognize that monogamy is an institution. And we have all been taught that that is the way to do it. And that is absolutely okay if you want that path. But what's more critical than deciding that you want that path is understanding that you're separate from the path and that you get to decide if you want it or not. Right. So stepping back and having these conversations with yourself and like just doing these check-ins to see this is the road that I'm going down. This is the path that I'm on. Is it something I actually want? And how do I see it as separate from self to really be able to identify and sit with what is it that I'm really trying to do here?
1: Right. It's, uh, and it's, it's uh, everything that we're talking about is really about and stems from no getting in touch with your authentic self, right? These are the conclusions that we've come to. This is what we were talking about. And I think it directly relates to loneliness because whenever you're not showing your authentic self, there's no way you can have that connection. There's it. it's impossible whether you can have it with other people or even just having it with yourself. You were isolated from your highest self from so those you around you.
0: That loneliness is almost like a cue.
1: A hundred percent say it, it's I'm feeling exactly this. Right.
0: what, what, what part of me is disconnected from me?
1: A hundred percent. And, and that's exactly the point. Right. So, well, uh, I guess I should start reading what, they, <laughs> what, what, what spirit said. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the people that, uh, people, the beings spirit, I say, I tend to say spirit. I, I have a lot of different sort of, uh, entities, different, spiritual beings that talk to me um I don't always know who they are some of them I do some of them I don't I know a lot of people are really interested in like "Ooh, what's their name what are they who are they But and um and my friends who channel and and talk to spirit and do that kind of work I um it's never been a huge priority for me to know who they are I uh I don't know why I just yeah,
0: one of the things I'm that's like okay difficult about being your friend and and <laughs> It's going to be good what I'm going to say. It's not going to be mean. Is that I just have to kind of let go of like, you know, I I was, I grew up in a very religious environment, some not Catholic, but in a, in a Christian environment. So similar kind of beliefs and constructs. So it's very, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in this position of really interested and also really unnerved. Like I'm unsettled and like, well, how does it, I want to make sense of it. And sometimes I want the structure. Yes. And that is like kind of not how that works. And yeah. so sometimes I think when I'm listening to you or you your talking, I'm just, I remember in the beginning when you came, came to me, it was like, you came out about that too. You're like, Oh, I also have to tell you this other thing. I was like, okay, let's do it. Uh, but it's kind of just sitting with it and not trying to put my program narrative on it. And that will be the last time I use the word program in the, in the episode. People are going to think I'm some conspiracy theorist. I'm not. Wait
1: till episode two.
0: <laughs> um, but it's important to kind of just sit and maybe it's okay that like, sometimes when you tell me things, I'm like, okay, but I don't fully understand it, but that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and a lot of times they'll tell me stuff, that I don't fully understand. And I'm like, okay with it. Because for me, um, and I think when you talk to people channel, they'll say the same thing. Uh, it's like they give you a box and you understand the box. You see the box on the outside and you, but it's really, you're able to open the box and all of these other things come out of it. The emotions, the, the details, the specifics, the, the connections it's. So it's not just like, it could be a sentence, but it starts to unravel. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, so the people that came to me, they're really the drivers of this podcast and the drivers of the content and in the, the car- spiritual world in the spiritual world. The And the people that came up with the, the deck that, that I created with their, Guidance.
0: See, my brain already wants to be like, how tall were they? Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not so, going to go there. Okay. This is a group of people, group of beings called the council of light. Um, okay. and I, they came to me and they're like, hi, we're the council of light. And I'm like, that sounds like nonsense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. You're I mean, like bullshit. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. okay. And so, I mean, on part of it. Part of me is like, there's this healthy skepticism where I'm like, can I just make that up? <laughs> is that something that I just completely made up? And, um, never heard of them, but and they gave me this symbol anyway. And I went immediately after I channeled them for the first time. I went to the internet and I'm like, Council of Light. And of Did course. Did you find something? Yeah, there's people who've written books and Oh there's, shit. And I was like, I've never heard of these this group. I mean, like, I do this stuff, but I am not I don't live, breathe, you know this. Like, I don't my whole life doesn't center around I have a full-time job, I have my business, I've got my kids, I've got my partner, I've got a full life that exists outside of this realm. Yeah. This isn't my bread oh, and butter. I,
0: yeah, absolutely. So I
1: don't live and breathe this stuff. So I go to the internet and when I type something in and it ends up being real, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is weird, but <clears throat> there you go. So anyway, uh, so this is who is coming through. And I think uh, as I'm feeling into it, that they're going to be a main driver okay. in, in what we talk about and the information they give us. They're very big on us understanding that we are physical beings and that that is the reason we're here. That is like, you can't separate it. And, and there's so many people that only want to live in this state of bliss and constantly connected to, you know, eternity. And, uh, and I guess that's fine, but their point is they're missing the whole experience of why you're here. Yeah. The whole reason you're here is to have the physical things. You were not supposed to float above the ground in a state of eternal bliss filled with the energy of the universe. You know, that is, uh, that, that state isn't real. We are supposed to be, you know, introduced to conflict and uh, separation. And that's the very definition of being here. That's the thing they talk about all the time. So much of our struggle, all of our struggle comes from being separate that we are all united together above in in the other world in eternity in the in the larger part of the in the non-physical universe. We're all connected. We don't have a physical body. We're just blobs of whatever. Like and they're all the same color, you know? And so how you differentiate is you differentiate through feeling. Okay. So if you were just a ball of light and I was the exact same ball of light and I encountered you I'm going to know you and everything about you because there's no, there's nothing that's separating us. We can completely merge. I can completely know everything about you and there's no separation.
0: So that's interesting to think in the physical, I'm going to go, my my mind is a data collection (laughs) mind. It's very (laughs) hard for me Um, to think about how being your authentic self in the physical realm really is linked to that exact same thing. hundred percent. And just like what I said about how the older version that I knew of you, I connected to you. We got along. Yes. But the newer version of you that's more connected to truth, I can lean in and connect to that without having to have like maybe what someone would like, Oh, I don't have to spend a ton of time with you to connect with you. Yes.
1: And because I carry around my authentic self more, uh, uh, openly, like I'm an open window, let's say, to my authentic self, when I turn it towards you, it resonates with your authentic self. Mm. And your authentic self can call to you in a way that it couldn't if, you were, if I was closed off. Wow. So it calls it forth, so we can elicit that change in others. So we're all together and connected, and, and think of it like this, think of it as, as uh, uh, like a body of water and we're all existing in the water, we make up the water right okay. and that when we come into the physical body we a part of us is poured into our physical body okay and so the minute we come here we are separate we are defined by separateness and not only am i in a physical container that cannot enter your physical container other than sex i was
0: going to say not well, going to happen yeah
1: um but <laughs> But, um, the so we are defined by that separateness. So we can't connect there. And not only can we not connect, it's not like we're in the same vessel, like I'm in a white cylindrical vase and you're an exact same cylindrical vase. I have different hair color, different height, different weight, different nationality, different culture, different behavior, different wiring. All of these differences that prevent me from connecting to you in that way Mm. which define our separateness which define us and that is our experience here as spiritual beings is defined by the separateness so so
0: then would the message what what is the group called again
1: the council of light
0: would the message from them be it's breaking down the separateness finding true authenticity in self so that you can connect with others and yes. not be separate. So, be, be, but we are going to be separate in the physical realm.
1: Uh, that's why we're yeah. here. And so we can't avoid that experience and we can't deny that experience. Okay. And uh, we need to use it to learn and the understanding of why we're here so that we can create connection. It's the overcoming of the physical differences that we're here to do. So that we can commune with each other and with our higher self.
0: Do you feel like our society's headed in
1: that direction? Uh, <laughs> no. And so that's why I think the loneliness topic is so important to talk about. So I'll proceed.
0: So what, so basically you are chant, th- what you're about to share with us is. Is
1: channeled. Okay. So I, when I channel, I, uh, so I, uh, sometimes I'll talk. And, and so like when you hear me pause or stutter on my words, it's them coming through. Oh, wow. In some ways. Okay. It's uh, so like when I do readings for you or I get information for you and I pause or whatever, it's really them kind of coming through a little bit and me trying to get them, get their message through. Um, what I do most of the time when I get this information, I just sit at my computer and I close my eyes and I type. And I remember bits of it. I don't always remember all of the content. And so when I sometimes when I go back to correct, like to look at what I've written, I'm a terrible typer. So like I I don't remember what I typed, so I. It's very difficult sometimes for me to correct what they like the typos because I don't know. I can't remember what the words are. Like, we
0: picked the wrong person I'll, to. I'll give remember this like the
1: ideas, too. but I don't necessarily remember the specific words. Okay. So anyway, so um, the pleasure of this is what they said. The pleasure of working with you to share our message wells up and provides joy that you cannot understand or imagine. We are excited to share with you the lessons of loneliness that we share and to help you understand from our perspective how we see this inform and play in human interaction and emotion. This is a large topic and we must allow a greater understanding of emotional creation. Where do emotions come from? Where does the root of emotion stem? This feeling is recognized as turning toward or away from your true self. Your highest self and your higher calling. First and foremost, understand that you came here for connection, to seek connection in the physical world, which is defined by physical separateness. This is the basis of your interaction with the world around you and your physical experience. This is what you came here to experience and overcome. For the longing of your soul is for connection, connection to others and connection to yourself, connection to the world around you and to the world that you feel but cannot touch. Alignment with your true self brings you to the realm of love, compassion, detachment, higher vibrational emotions. This is the connection to the part of you that exists in our realm. Alignment to others and things outside of you as a primary focal point leads to frustration, fear, value, lower vibrational emotions. Understand that emotions are a result of your attention and focus. They inform you when you are off track. They are indicators of something being off. And I think that that's really, this is me talking. I just think that that's a perfect summation of what, what we said,
0: mm-hmm. right? So a question came up for me when you were reading that. Yeah. So when you don't, when it's very difficult to connect with another person, that is just the result of one or both of those people not being available to their true, truest self. Yes. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I, I, like people who are really connected with self. Can connect with anybody. Yeah, regardless of difference. One hundred percent. Okay. Wow. That is. I mean, that's
1: so, big.
0: So when you think about when people can't connect, it's really their fear is is piled up so high, Possibly. and they and they are not connecting with self.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I, I can't. I don't think I would say necessarily that it's a fear issue, but there is a lack of connection of self on some level.
0: Because and you don't even think that if, stems from fear?
1: It could stem from a number of different things. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't know enough to say it's always fear. I'm curious. I don't know either. Um, so then they said, let us continue.
0: Did they say that? Right there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is bizarre. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> let us continue. When you encounter and connect with someone, no matter how brief or long the interaction, we can share the exposure of our, of our truest self, our soul, to one another. This is powerful and highly intoxicating. It is exciting and powerful. We can feel an instant connection. Likewise, when we have an interaction where one or both parties have their soul closed or not as exposed, then we have a neutral to repelling experience. Our contrasts, our physicalness has created a separation, a repelling as in a magnet. One who goes through life with a closed soul, disconnected from their highest self, their truest self will encounter higher levels of loneliness, separateness because that part of their being will never get recognized. It will not get pulled at, drawn in by another. They will never be recognized and accepted for who they truly are. On the other side, one who is fully exposed will be open to all soul-connecting experiences and may feel overly hurt by encounters with others who do not have the same open soul. This may lead to resentment and self-isolation to avoid the pain of rejection. This is especially visible in moving from childhood to young adulthood as children move from open, full expressions of who they are to encountering others at different levels of over-attention to the physical.
0: I'm going to need a minute.
1: (laughs) So basically this one was... Yeah,
0: if you could give me like a little summary.
1: So basically what they're saying is... Like when we're children, they're just these open expressions of who they are. They don't know the societal norms. They don't know um, the should and the shouldn'ts. They're just, they are who they are. You see them on the field, on the playground, and there's other kids. They're like, other kids, this is amazing. And they there's just no, none of that restriction. But as kids get older, and some of them develop on different paths, depending on, obviously, the family they grew up in, or um, as they start to notice changes in their bodies or the the different things they're exposed to in their lives, they start to learn or get this idea that there's better, worse, uh, you know, good, bad, wrong, right. And they start to close down. And that is where a lot of that um, tension in kids comes from, or the fighting and all the other things that happen. Because as the kids get older, and they start to shut their, there's just a complete open expression of their soul. That's where that transition happens. That's the point they're making. Like, um, so if you're open all the time, right. And like, let's say you're the most aligned, authentic, true person. There's going to be a point at which you encounter someone that's not. And, and that could be hurtful.
0: Yeah. I mean that, it, I mean, I have small children, eight and four, and it is really interesting because Um, It's a very delicate balance as a parent to recognize that, one, I'm, first of all, doing the work of breaking generational cycles. Is that it? uh, Just (laughs) minor details of my (laughs) day-to-day. And then also realizing that there's the real world. And me allowing my children to really be the full expression of themselves may get some pushback in that real world. And that is, like, they're going to encounter pain because I have, I mean, you can't avoid that. And so, but it's very fascinating to, yep. you know, like my, my eight year old goes, well, what, what do you think I should do mom? she say that sometimes. And I go, I'm really, I really trust your ability to make that decision. And I really trust that even if it, it ends up not being the right decision, that's okay too. Yeah. Because I really, the, if I could wish one thing for my kids, it, it is to lean into their authentic self. And there are days, and I've talked with my good friend about this too. She has children. I feel so lucky that I decided to reach for that authentic self and do the painful work to, to get to her before my children were in adolescence, because what, right now my kids still look up to me and they're like, mom, we, we care what you think. Yeah, And had I,
1: that'll stop.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I know. <laughs> and you know, I actually did a call with, I don't know if you know who Dr. Shafali is. Mm-mm. Oh, gotta look her up. She's amazing. Um, She is, she kind of like breaks down some of these, like these institutions of rules around like how we parent and anyway, and I, my partner knows that I love her. And for a gift, he got me a call with her and I was like, oh, I really, you know, this was like two years ago. Actually, I'm realizing now that was two years ago. Weird. I said, you know, I'm having a hard time with my, my six year old, like it's really hard to like get aligned. with, I was like going over some challenges and, and she didn't give a shit what my six year old was doing. She looked at me on the zoom screen and she said, you better get it together. You only have a few more years of real deep, meaningful, authentic connection. That's not rooted in fear-based parenting. And if you pass those years, she's going to be set in that other way and you you'll lose her. And I was like, Oh, okay, thanks for the call. Like, I think we're done. I remember feeling like this woman. Thanks so much. It's, it's really weird to kind of hold this. I held this woman and I mean, still do yes. into such high regard. And then to get on the call with her and be like, isn't it great that we're destroyed. talking? And then she just
1: like. You're terrible. She was
0: like, like, just like reamed me yeah. on the call. And I was like, oh shit. But it was so true. And the root of all of that was me avoiding authentic self. And once I, ah, I have these moments now where my kids have very different connection to me than they ever had before and I just feel so grateful yeah. that I, I caught it. Yeah. before I you know. I mean 100%. I don't believe that anything's ever too late but it would have been much harder.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking with parent of 3 teenagers. Yeah. Actually, two because my oldest is 20. So an adult now. I mean, could we air quote that? <laughs> <laughs> um we mean to emphasize with you that there is no right or wrong way to be. There is only the state of greater recognition of what is moving inside you.
0: Say that last sentence again.
1: There is only the state of greater recognition of what is moving inside you. Okay. How your current state of emotions is driven by your connectedness to who you are and the achievement of communion. Not as in the Catholic communion, <laughs> as in communion with other people. I just want to clear that, clarify that for the people out there. You are perfect as you are, and there is no such thing as being wrong or making mistakes. Mistakes are only a contrast to your imagined expectation, which is super powerful. We'll just take a moment to read that in.
0: I think you should read that
1: one more time. Mistakes are only a contrast to your imagined expectation.
0: Whew. (laughs) I'm going to sit with it while you keep going.
1: I mean, basically they're like, every time you think you're a mistake, it's literally only in your head. You have an imagined expectation. And when you don't hit that imagined expectation, you think it's a mistake.
0: So one of the things that's interesting that I was thinking about last week is I, I always have this way of wanting to make things make sense. And so sometimes the way I do that is I like understand, well, what's the root of all of it? Because if we can all agree on the root, then that is how you make the, the biggest impact. Okay. Just even in your own psychology, I don't know. And I, I heard something somewhere that made me feel like I, I maybe got to a root of something, and this pertains to that, where it's like we show up in the world and, and go one way or another only based off of two things, which would be judgment or love. And so the judgment of self, I feel like is what takes us down that path of disconnection and just recognizing that like, there is so much judgment in the world and it really starts with judgment of self. A hundred percent. And it just made me think of that with like the mistake, you know, it's like getting it right. And yeah. that's all it goes. So I'm doing this little experiment where I go, <laughs> does it all boil down to judgment and love? And it, that's a perfect example of how it, in it, it I'm just proving my hypothesis that in a way it does. You're brilliant. Oh, well. (laughs) Give it a couple more episodes and there might be a very different opinion.
1: Um, Okay, so now continue. This is not to say that feelings of loneliness are not real. We understand these feelings to be painful and restrictive and even dangerous, but these feelings do not align with your purpose here and are often confused with how you understand your worth. What if you looked at it as merely misplaced attention rather than value. What if you were to understand loneliness is only a thought which can, in, which can turn into a belief that you are alone due to unworthiness? This is not real, only a thought. What if we could get you to understand that loneliness and isolation is an attunement and attention toward others rather than yourself? Over-attention to what others do or have versus what you are is never a way toward connection with yourself. We understand that for some of you, this is a very difficult task, and we do not mean to make light of some of the intensity with which you may feel isolated and lonely. But from our side, you are connected deeply with a network of love, acceptance, and energy that you may not feel, but it does not mean it is not flowing to you. Just like electricity is flowing to your room, you just need to flip the switch to see it work in the bulb. We are asking that you flip the switch to feel the connection that exists within you and to others. Let us speak to you of this, whether you are with others or only by yourself. Loneliness is the expression of being unseen. It is the feeling of being unvalidated and unvalued. When in relation, the predominant feeling is of being unvalued, And as we have stated before, the feelings of being unvalued, unseen, have to do with the attunement of your life being toward others instead of your inner self. When you are separate from others, alone, this can be just as frustrating. Will no one see me? Will no one value me? Will no one love me? These thoughts are painful, but can stem from the same place. Attunement to others to determine your value. Whoa. Practice connecting to yourself to understand who you are and what makes you really feel empowered and connected to being in your own skin. Have you shared this with others? Or are you putting on the facade that you think others will be attracted to and therefore living out of attunement to what they think others want? Let us help you in this way. Firstly, recognize the connection you have to the infinite love and acceptance of the universe through your soul put energy into connecting and recognizing and feeling your soul and your highest self understand that loneliness and separateness comes from paying attention to the wrong things yourself is not having value and or your over attention to others hold on to the understanding that you are perfect just as you are there are no mistakes reach out with your true self front and center know who you are and what feels right without expectations that others will do the same. Wow. We invite you to be well. We invite you to connect and recognize your truest self and transmission.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So it's almost making me think about how, when we lose connection in that child to adolescent to adult transition, of where like you're you're being moved to the driver's seat, but maybe you're asleep at the wheel. Yeah. You're set up for the mistakes because you're not living who you are, you're living who somebody else told you to be. Right. And so it's easier to almost feel those mistakes and and, and be more judgmental of yourself.
1: And be driven to correct those mistakes or not make those mistakes in the future, but it's all imagined.
0: Versus
1: understanding this is who I authentically am. This is what I want or don't want. And this is how I'm going to learn from the things that happen around me. I want to try this. Do I like it? No, I didn't have the result that I wanted. I'm going to (laughs) step over to option B. I think.
0: It's kind of like the, if I took my own advice to my child when I said. I just want you to think about what works for you, even if it doesn't pan out the right way that, or that you think it should be. I, that you
1: think it should. I mean, again, that's that expectation. I think too, uh, the thing that kept coming up to me when I, as I was reading this is that over attention to others, you know, I've talked to you about like the idea of the lighthouse and that like, we should be always following our internal lighthouse. Like Mm. our connection to self, who we truly are will never steer us in the wrong direction. That doesn't mean it's not going to cause frustration or, or or like pain or challenge in your life. A challenge is probably the best word, Um, but it's never going to steer you wrong. And it's the second when we stop using our internal guide, our internal lighthouse at our highest self, as the lighthouse, as a direction pointer, that all of our problems really start happening. And so when I read what they wrote and what they said, what they communicated, uh, I think a lot about social media. Hmm. Because what in social media is a value? How much of social media is about not comparing?
0: (laughs) I mean, that's a joke, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think about it. When you are scrolling through social media and a perfectly framed image to live to some sort of standard that other people think that you want and you use the filter and you choose the font and you do all that stuff. Um, how much is, what is that? That is not more connection. We think it's more connection. That is the opposite of connection. That's value. That's comparison. That's compare and contrast.
0: I mean, I do always really appreciate when people are really raw on social media and, I do think that it is important for us to take inventory as a society and say, we have this vehicle, we have this tool of connection, and are we using it in the way that that brings connection? Right. Or are we using it in a way that's that's really creating more of a divide?
1: And what's your answer?
0: Well, I mean, I wanted to be the first one. <laughs> um,
1: but I think, I mean, like, I, you know, I haven't been on social media now since end of November.
0: Wow. I guess I didn't really realize that.
1: I I did a 30-day sort of detox. Yeah. No social media, no alcohol, uh no TV, nothing.
0: When did you do that?
1: In December. Was it December or January? I can't remember. I think it was December. But I haven't been in Good so- job.
0: Pick the busiest yeah. month of the year and that way you like it's not going to be.
1: But I didn't That's um hard. but I never went back to it. I literally have not gone mm. back to social media. It didn't I don't miss the time. It didn't add anything into my life that made me miss it. I didn't miss it at all. Really? At all. Like not even a little bit. Like every once in a while, Nathan will come, he'll show me like a TikTok and we'll look at TikTok together for a few minutes. But it added no value. Literally, I didn't miss it at all. I, if I want to contact friends, I text them. I email them. I reach, I call them. I reach out in a different way. I... I don't miss it. I didn't, it wasn't it. And the fact that I don't miss it at all tells me it is of no value in my life. Mm. It's
0: funny how we do things in our life without asking that question. Does, does this thing that I do bring me closer to me? Does this thing that I do bring value to my life? And like the TV thing is a really good one. Um, I didn't give up TV, but maybe six months ago just kind of stopped right. watching much. Right, And, um, it, it is, it's like my nights are filled with baths and reading and things that really nurture my soul and bring that connection to self. Right. Because you do have to be able to sit with yourself if you want to be able to connect with yourself.
1: Uh, <laughs> so. Yes, you do. And that would be probably the biggest lesson to today <laughs> is Katie States. Um, but uh, I think that um, – you know, it's, it's, it is the root of it is connecting to yourself. And that when you do feel that loneliness, really the understanding it, it's just a feeling that your, your, your attention is not where it should be. Wow. That's great. And not that it's, um, and in no way do I say no, it, I mean,
0: it's not great, but I, it's,
1: it's, it's to powerful. Know that
0: is very powerful,
1: powerful. And it's not easy as being one that gets the, is the receiver of these messages. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, is that it? Oh, so simple. Thank you so much for breaking it down. My whole (laughs) life has changed. Like I in no way think that it like happens at the snap of a finger, but it's really powerful to recognize a, your ability to influence what's happening to you emotionally and be that you have an understanding that you are in the driver's seat. If I just need to work on changing my attention, where, where taking that moment, where is my attention focused? where is this this feeling is telling me i'm focused on other people too much or and or i'm not focused enough on myself and or so
0: and i think just to say cuz i've struggled with this is just to sit with self and say like do i want that is this me is this reaching for my most authentic self sometimes you just don't know the answer and there there is a, a significant level of trust that you place in the universe that that there will there will be the answer and and it doesn't always you know it's not a formula yeah it's a, as much as i want it to be it's absolutely not a formula and it, it is more with like sitting with like maybe you know after this i'll probably sit with this for a while and it won't just be like oh i took a i took a salt bath one night and i got it all figured out yeah, no. no it's okay i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to probably have to go back and listen to that again actually there was a lot yes, in there a lot and just to sit with it and be like not in that place of judgment of like, Oh, I don't really know. It's like, this is pointless. I can't figure it out. It's like, no, just sitting with these ideas actually is so valuable and it's okay that we don't always have the answers and no, it's okay that we're, I feel, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that the journey of uh, that, that door that I opened a couple of years ago, I said, okay, I'm going to find out who this person is inside. Right. That that's, that's not an ending. That's not, there's no finish line.
1: No, no, there's No. no finish line. No, you will continue. Like for me, like I said, I'm continually surprised at what I'm discovering and what I'm seeing and what is influencing my decisions that I didn't realize was there. So, so I guess the end all is start to learn about yourself. Figure it out. <laughs> oh gosh, no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure. So anyway, I'm James. I'm Katie. And thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you so much, James. I appreciate being able to do this.
1: With you. I love that you're here.